Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. One of the things that I celebrate, and I encourage my staff, and I encourage all of you to do, is to bring who you are to worship. That is your great giftedness, and every once in a while, that's a mistake. Thanks for calling. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's real. We are all humans, right? We're not going to go through this life perfect. That's a lot of what we're going to talk about today is trying to shape ourselves into being the person that God's called us to be. And that's a journey. That doesn't happen immediately. It takes time and it takes practice and it sometimes takes missteps and it sometimes takes turning around. All of those things. So as we center today on what it means to be called into covenant with God, we're going to hear a couple of passages one from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and then one from Revelation chapter 21. So hear now the word of the Lord. I received a tradition from the Lord, which I also handed on to you. On the night in which he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. After giving thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this to remember me. He did the same thing with the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Every time you drink it, do this to remember me. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you broadcast the death of the Lord until he comes. From Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the former heaven and the former earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne say, Look, God's dwelling is here with humankind. He will dwell with them, and they will be his peoples. God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. There will be no mourning crying, or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I'm making all things new. He also said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, All is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will freely give water from the life-giving spring. Those who emerge victorious will inherit these things. I will be their God, and they will be my sons and daughters. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So it is kind of funny uh, what just happened because I'm opening with the fact that I have a nickname among my friends that I'm the jukebox hero. Um, And that nickname comes from the fact that, especially if I'm singing with the radio, I cannot do it as much if you come up and pop quiz me, I'm not going to do well. But if you turn on the radio, I know by memory a lot of songs. 
I didn't know this was unusual because in my family, as soon as we got in the car to go anywhere and we took a lot of road trips, we would turn on the radio and everyone would sing. And it didn't matter what kind of music it was, we would all find a place, we would all jump in. My brother and I would naturally even harmonize with one another and some of us would do the background part. It was just something that we all did. I didn't know it was unusual to know as many songs as I know until I went on a field trip with the U of A geology class. We drove down Old 71 and looked at rocks. And, um, and we listened to rock along the way. And I was just singing with every song and someone turned around and went, do you know all of these songs? And I said, yeah, I didn't, don't you? <laughs> no. Oh, so, I have discovered that is, it is not something that, that everyone has. And I will also admit that John Wesley would not be completely pleased with me because I learned pop music before I learned church music. And in his lessons, in his, his instructions for singing, the very first one is learn these before you learn any others. I'm working on it, John Wesley. I'm working on it. But what it does reflect... The fact that I know those things, the fact that they are part of my memory does reflect something of who I am and what I value. Who I am is a, I come from a family that sings and that celebrates all kinds of music. And in that celebration of all kinds of music, we celebrate all kinds of people as well. And so I have this great love for the world because the world's music has shaped me. I love poetry because lyrics are poems set to music. And I love God because so often in the joy that I hear in all kinds of songs, I touch the holy and experience God through it. But that makes me reflect on what do we commit to memory? We commit to memory, obviously, the things we want to remember. But we also commit to memory the things that we want to shape us or the things that do shape us, the things that are around us enough that they become part of who we are and the things that are so important to us that we would affirm them and say them and learn them and let them be part of us. Sometimes it's a mantra. The mantra that comes to mind immediately when I think of mantras is by that great 1980s, 1990s philosopher, Stuart Smalley, who would turn and look in the mirror and say, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. <laughs> That's an example of a mantra. And sometimes we have those. Sometimes it's a biblical verse that you know by heart, that you turn to when you need it. Could be any number of things. But we are also shaped by the songs that we know the songs that we sing, including the songs that we sing here. We are shaped by things that we say over and over, like when we recite the Lord's Prayer or the Apostles' Creed, or when we affirm the words that we just heard from the Apostle Paul in the communion liturgy every week in this church. And that liturgy that was shared was important enough to be written down because people wanted to remember they wanted to remember and hold on to Jesus. And we can tell that there was some anxiety about holding on to Jesus as he was ascending because at the end of the Gospel of John, when he appears to Mary, he tells her, do not hold on to me, but we want to. 
We need to hold on. And so one of the ways that we hold on is through committing the story to memory. And part of the way that we do that is through ritual. Ritual is like a song. It has a rhythm. It has a pattern. It has a way of shaping us in what we choose to include and what we choose not to. There is an early accounting of Christian ritual called the Didache, and in it, there are instructions on how to baptize, how to fast, to say the Lord's Prayer, how to practice the Eucharist, other prayers to lift up, and a pattern for Sunday worship. And if you go and look at the Didache, you will find it remarkably similar to what we still do today. It was written in the one or two hundreds, and we are still doing that same pattern and those same practices today. And as I mentioned, we are shaped by the communion liturgy that we heard in 1 Corinthians. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this and remember me. This is my blood, the blood of the new covenant poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. But there are times in our lives when memory also needs a disruption. When memory becomes too rote and it is not reordering. Because that is what these kinds of words that we lay claim to should be doing. They should be shaping us into the people of God. And sometimes we get too accustomed to them. We become too familiar and we forget to be shaped. And we need to remember that what these words are calling us to is to create that reign of God that we heard of in Revelation 21. And it is not a dream for somewhere off this earth. If you listen to those words, you heard that they said, I see a new heaven and a new earth, and the new Jerusalem has come down, and God dwells here with humanity. It is not something for some other time and place When we lay claim to these words, we lay claim to the fact that we believe that God's reign can break out here and now. And if we live into these words, it will. But sometimes, things like communion just become something we do. Or they become something that we do that falls into old habits. The reason that Paul is bringing them up in this passage is because it has become just another meal but it's become just another meal where the haves have and the have-nots don't. They're showing up for the communion meal and the wealthy can come early because they have the leisure time to do it. And they come early and consume all so that by the time those that are working and those that are slaves in households show up, there is no meal to partake of. And Paul is reminding us We are all brothers and sisters. We are all part of this covenant. And we are all welcome to this table. And this is for all, not for some. He is helping them remember, not just to recall, but to take the body of Christ, which has been split up and divided by economics or power or whatever, and to bring it back together and remember the body of Christ in its wholeness, in its fullness. 
Our memories do need to be shaken up from time to time. Our ritual does need to be disturbed. Those things that shape us do need to take on new meaning. And sometimes they do in moments. The Pledge of Allegiance for me has become different since I could vote. And now that I can vote, the first time that I say it on the other side of a presidential election, it feels different based on how I feel about our country in that moment. Sometimes it is a joy to say, and sometimes it makes me weep, and yet I still say it. But the disruption is good because it reminds me, it reminds me of what we are seeking to do and who we are seeking to be. New years are a natural disruption because we stop and we reflect. We think about the year that has been and we think about the year that is to come, what new disciplines we may bring in, what new plans we have. We assess what we have done. And so this is the perfect time for disruption. And I know there are lots of ways to be disrupted, but this prayer that you all had on your seats, and if anybody came in late and didn't get one, I have extras up here, and it's going to be on the screen in just a minute here. Uh, these are some shake-up words. We just sang them. I don't know if you realized, if it took in what you just sang, um, but these are words that John Wesley hoped us to be and called us to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna recite this prayer and I want us to listen to the promises that we make when we say this prayer. And I want you to pay attention to where you are thrilled by what is said and pay attention to where you shake in your boots. So just at this moment, just listen to me. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine, and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. These are kingdom-building words. These are words that call us into that reality cast in Revelation 21. And so now I'm going to invite us to recite it together, but it's, it's big. If you can't do it, it's okay. Consider it. If you do do it, hold on to your horses. Let us join in these words together. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full, let me be empty. 
Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine, and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. We're going to hold on to this prayer until Lent starts. It will show up in both services at some point from here until Lent. And we will do this again together. Because these are words that I I call us to be shaped by. And part of the reason that I think it's important that we be shaped by these words and the words of song and the words of prayer and all of that is because I have gone into nursing homes. And I have prayed the Lord's Prayer and people who could not remember can say the Lord's Prayer with me. I have sat there and sang Silent Night and people who could not remember sang Silent Night with me. The words we remember matter. The words that we remember shape us as much as who we are, as the practice and ritual of communion does. Let us all be called to shape God's world into these words. Let us all be called to remember the body of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.